This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. <laughs> Lyme disease surprised me in more ways than one. I had no idea it would almost kill me. I had no idea that healing from it would be so emotionally and physically intensive. And, most importantly, I had no idea that Lyme disease would be exactly what I needed to find my innermost truth and thrive in this life. Valeria Telles interviews Jackie Shea, a health coach specializing in Lyme disease, trauma-informed life coach, coach for coaches, blogger, writer, podcaster, and speaker. On Jackie's podcast, Healing Out Loud, she interviews people who have been through some of the most challenging life experiences and come out thriving on the other side with lessons and hope to share. Her writing has been featured on IG Living's blog, and she had her own column on EverUp called How to Go to the Doctor, and sometimes contributes to Medium. She has been featured in many TV commercials on Intelligent Change, Voyage LA, Shout Out LA, and various podcasts. Meet Jackie at JackieShea.com. Here's the interview with Jackie Shea. In your own words, who is Jackie Shea? In my own words, who is Jackie Shea? That is an overwhelming question for me to answer. Um, I am I am beyond a definition. I am human. I am all things that come with being human and spirit. Yeah, I think I need to leave it at that. How did you come to this understanding? It sounds very spiritual to me. How did you come to that? Um, I think for a lot, that's a great question. I think for a long time, I tried really hard to put myself in boxes. And right. I think I still do label, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm an actor, I'm a coach, I'm wise, I'm vulnerable. I'm, I joke about how much time people probably spend and how much time I have spent in the past trying to perfect my mm. bio mm -hmm, on yeah. my profile <laughs> on social media sites, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, I have found incredible relief in uh, stopping that cycle of trying to put myself in a box um, and just letting myself be free and be many, many different, different things to be both a free spirit and a type A personality. <laughs> right. 
and uh, and beyond. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Holding everything, right? Having enough space to hold everything, which um, often, more often than not, it seems to me like it's only possible when you realize that the me, the I, is very limited anyway. Mm. Uh, mm. So being out of that, which nobody really chooses to be, not to be an I, right? Not to be me. That's something that we hold on to dear life until the end, <laughs> trying to survive all this. I will, I will say one other thing about that because you just made me think of it, which is that in I experienced a lot of illness and I know we'll talk about that later, but in getting very sick, I used to always say that Lyme disease stripped me down to human because it was before Lyme, before getting sick that I really put myself, all these labels on myself. And when I got sick, I, I couldn't uphold to any of those labels. And I I wasn't nothing without them. I was just human and it was many other things. So I think that that was a big change for me, just feeling really stripped down. How would you define freedom, Jack, if you were to this, not describe, you have been describing actually, but how would you define that? What's another word for freedom? Mm, another word for freedom would be expansiveness, um, release. Yeah. And I think... You know, for me, freedom is not being controlled by anything. Mm. And that includes my thoughts, that includes my fears, that includes addiction. Yeah. That's freedom for me. As I mentioned, off record, you have um, a blog post that caught my attention that now I have to say it. <laughs> the blog post, it's titled, Sent Together Yet Not Too Near Together on romance. So you say, it is just fear, story time, if you will. Control is an illusion anyway. So I sit powerless in the certainty of uncertainty, enjoying the journey, watching it unfold, taking care of myself and wish him the best trip. So you have to read the blog post to know what this is really was about initially. But this is very powerful, what you say. So this resonates very much with self-love, unconditional self-love and unconditional self-acceptance. But also this idea of control, that we have none, <laughs> that life mm. is just dancing to its music as us doing what we do exactly the way we do. What is your understanding and idea of true health? What is to be truly healthy from the human perspective? <laughs> mm. um, yeah, I think oof, that's a tough question. Um, I think to be truly healthy is a mind, body, spirit job. And I think about... This actually is from Eckhart, Eckhart Tolle. He talks about tar bodies, buildup of tar in the body. But I actually had that visual before I ever read him. And it's like the, the toxicity that you can feel both in your body and in your mind and in your thoughts. And I think true health is, you know, as little as of that toxicity as we can come by and we all have it. We all have things in our body that if we were to dissect our bodies, you know, are not ideal. 
there from mold exposure and chemical exposure and, you know, at the far end, cancer tumors and, you know, there's that. And then there's the toxic thoughts and the toxic beliefs and the toxic operating system, right? So I think to be truly healthy is to to have as as few of those things at play and and controlling the system as possible, right? It's like mm. all that stuff is going to be inside of us, but is it at the driver's? Is it in the driver's seat? Mm. And when it's in the driver's seat, we get into into trouble. What would you say, Jackie, is the goal? What are we trying really to get? Is there a destination for all this? You are asking the hard <laughs> questions. Um, <laughs> what is the goal? I think the goal is to, and this comes from 12-step recovery or maybe way beyond it, I don't know, but there's a saying that we wear life like a loose garment. Mm, yeah. So I think that the goal is to maybe wear it all a little looser, mm. right? To wear it like a loose garment, um, to have more fun, to be more light and playful about all of it, right? I think that's the goal. I think the goal is like no matter where you're at today on your physical, mental, emotional, spiritual health journey, no matter where you're at today, can you be kind to yourself about where you're at, honest with yourself about where you're at and choose to enjoy today regardless, Mm, right? And that is wearing it all a little looser, so I think I think that's the goal because you're never going to in this lifetime we don't perfect right. any of these areas. Right. And so can we enjoy life while they're imperfect is mm. is the goal. What is healing to you? True healing. I have heard that all healing is self-healing. Do you agree? All healing is self-healing. I guess I'm not totally clear on what that means. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we only have control over healing ourselves, if that's what that means. And we only have so much control over that. What I want to say about healing is that it's hard. Healing is work. It is work. And usually it is painful. And I think healing is not, you know, oh, I go to the woods and I sit in stillness and I'm healed. It's not, you know, I take this medicine and I feel good. Healing is not a blissful experience. Healing can be a violent experience. And I think when you sign up to be a person who wants to heal mind, body, spirit, you're signing up first for pain and then for freedom. And it's and it's how much do you want that freedom? How much do you want to be free? How badly do you want it? And that will keep you going through through the painful parts. But I, I guess that's what I want to say more about healing than what it is to me. That's um, a very interesting perspective, which goes back to that idea of kind of balancing life in a way, having dancing with everything. So healing being also pain. So the work through pain. 
It makes a lot of sense to me. Yes, yeah, it resonates true. What are some of the misconceptions we have about healing, Jackie? The main one, the most common ones? Well, I think that's one of them. It's a great question. Um, and, and I think that's one of them. And I want to, by the way, I want to say your name so badly, but I'm, <laughs> I, I, I feel it feels, I'm going to say Valeria and yeah, I, yeah. I apologize that I'm not saying it correctly. <laughs> However it comes to you, no attachment to names. That's beautiful. Um, I think that's one of the most common misconceptions, Valeria, that that healing is bliss, that healing is yeah. easy. I, yeah. I actually want to say more that healing is easy. It's right. not easy. Right. Um, and when, you know, we have to go in on my website, and this might change soon, but it says the only way out is through Right. So we can't, I think for a lot of my life, I really tried to outsmart my humanity to outsmart Mm. what it is to be human. And healing requires that we go straight in, you know, Mm. and it's what Glennon Doyle would say is it's first the pain, then the rising. So, so I think that's one of the most common misconceptions about it. The other common misconception I'll say about it that I think is important is that it's fast. It's not fast. It takes time. <laughs> it takes time. And is it, does it get incrementally better? Yes. And healing requires patience. Have you ever entertained the idea that we are already healed, that there's nothing to be healed? Yeah, just the perception that there's something broken. Mm, yes, 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 and and I and I love that, and I'm so glad you're bringing that up. Yes, I I do believe we are not broken. There's right. nothing to be fixed. Right. Yes, and I think it's very nuanced, right? Because for me, I can start with knowing I'm not broken, and there's nothing to be fixed, while simultaneously mm. knowing that there are pain points and there are things that are not serving me that I want to move on from. And so if both can be simultaneously true, then I'm not, again, in 12-step recovery, there's an Al-Anon saying that says, this is a program of self-acceptance, not self-improvement. So it's like if life Mm -hmm. is about self-acceptance, not self-improvement, but I can simultaneously look at But what habits, what patterns, what beliefs, what thoughts do I have that are not serving me? Then I think there's an incredible way to grow from there, not out of beating the self up, but out of championing the self. Beautifully said again. I love the way you express yourself. It's very clear. Yes, holding these two ideas, if we can do them. I'm already healed, and at the same time, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Life, life, it's just all the things at once. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is the paradox, for sure, (laughs) that dance. One more question for you, the warm-up questions. What do you think, actually, do you think that life itself, life as a whole, has meaning and purpose? or we give many purpose to it? You are just right out of the gate. Um, <laughs> those are great questions. Uh, do I think life has meaning and purpose? Yes, I do. And I think, I think that what I want to say about that is that I offer your listeners to choose their belief 
and choose the belief that serves them. So if you want to believe that life has meaning and purpose and that serves you in forward movement, choose to believe it. If you choose to believe that life is meaningless and that serves you and your goals and and your joy, then go ahead and choose to believe that. For me, it works in my favor, in my life's favor, in my joy's favor, in my happiness favor, in, in, in my favor to believe that there is meaning and purpose in life. Yeah, that's what I see this experience being. It's open. It's whatever we want it to be. I mean, we can't know for sure, right? So, I yeah, don't know. it's only from the perspective <laughs> of me, right? Do you have any spiritual beliefs and spiritual practices, Jackie? I do. I do. And again, what I want to say about this is that it's not scientific. I yeah. can't I can't I can't show you God right. or or my higher power. I can't say here it is, believe in it. So again, this is a choice that I've made. I do better and I feel better when I have spiritual practices in my life and believe in something bigger than me. Yeah. So I do. My my spiritual practice changes all of the time. What I can say for sure is that I believe in an energy and a divine being, both masculine and feminine, that is larger, much larger than me. I believe in the natural rhythm of life mm. and I pray and I meditate and I am open to I believe in taking what I like and leaving the rest from all kinds of spiritual modalities and religions even. This is also a topic with great openness, but I do believe in um, a higher being and I believe that, that, that my authenticity is part of that higher being, my highest self. And I love the way you say the natural rhythms of life. You believe in them. Right. I know. One day that came to me. One day that came to me. I was like, I think there's a natural rhythm of life. And yeah. it's like, that is the flow. That yeah. is the letting go state. That is the I give up state. I surrender to what is. And the natural rhythm of life for me includes, you know, other pe not being able to control other people. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> so it helps me. Um, yeah, it certainly helps me too. <laughs> the natural rhythms of life, right? I love that. So um, Lyme disease, you have had experience with that. Talk to me about what Lyme disease is and how was the healing journey and the causes, prevention. But before that, actually, Jack, I have something that caught my attention. I think I read yeah, on your website, you write, Lyme disease surprised me in more ways than one. I had no idea it would almost kill me. I had no idea that healing from it would be so emotionally and physically intense. And most importantly, I had no idea that Lyme disease would be exactly what I needed to find my innermost truth and thrive in this life. So talk to me about that. That's beautifully written and beautifully said. Mm. Yeah, it makes me so emotional hearing that, actually. Um, I'm tearing up over here. I, 
So Lyme disease is is a bacteria that is on ticks, a tiny, tiny little bug that attaches that can attach to you and um, transfer this bacteria called Borrelia, um, which is Lyme disease. And you know the thing about Lyme disease is that. It has it's very challenging to understand. It's an incredibly controversial disease. It is affecting hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions. And it's really hard to get diagnosed. There's very little research and it affects everyone so differently. So I am in the class of people that got, you know, as sick, almost as sick as you can get before dying from Lyme. And there are other people that never even know they have it, right? They they don't even have a symptom to tell, to speak of. And then there are other people in the middle who have it, but barely don't really have symptoms. It's, it's okay. It's manageable. They're showing up for life. Um, so it's very hard to to understand. But I, like I said, I was in the the class of people. Now, everything I knew about Lyme disease, I, again, I had no idea that it could affect me the way that it ended up affecting me. Um, I thought it was something you just took some antibiotics for and moved on. But that was not my experience. I took antibiotics five at a time for about a year and did not get well, got sicker and sicker and sicker. It turned out I had an underlying condition, um, and a lot of people with Lyme that get very sick have multiple things going on at once, which is a whole other podcast episode. But yeah, I, I truly had no idea that it was as big of a deal as it is. And for me, the second part of that statement, I had no idea how much it would hurt emotionally to heal, was I started to realize that there was a wall. There was a wall being built between me and my health. I was very sick. I couldn't hold my own head up. I was in a wheelchair. I was 90-something pounds. I was um, losing my hair. I never slept. I couldn't sleep at night. I had raging anxiety and depression, muscle pain. I mean, it was severe. And I started to consider all areas of my life, right? What is it in me? Like what, what is this wall being built between me and my health? And I started to think about all these old beliefs I had, all of these traumas I had that, that gave me these thoughts that just weren't real about me. I grew up in a very um, traumatic situation and I had to look at that. And I started to say, okay, in order for me to get to my health, this wall needs to come down. But that wall was an incredibly emotionally brutal process um, to essentially have to address all of the things that I had been trying to not to have to address. <laughs> and when I did address them and when I, you know, things would happen, I want to say too, like when you get sick, and I'm sure anyone who's been very sick can relate to this, um, you start to realize, you know, some people in your life are not who you thought they were. And you start to realize, oh, that that person isn't showing up for me. Wait, have they ever showed up for me? Wait, why are they? Wait, why do I give them so much love? And that starts to break down all of these ideas that you were operating under. Um, Again, there's so much more I can go into around this, but I'm going to pause it there and then say, 
that Lyme disease did change my life. It was exactly what I needed. Yes, I am. The woman I am today is the woman I truly dreamed of being for so much of my life. Mm -hmm. And the catalyst to me becoming this woman was getting sick. Yes. And I wonder why is this the case for so many of us that we have to go through challenges to discover or uncover deeper truth? Is that something that is always required, suffering? Or from your experience, you have met people who never went through anything and they still access those depths? I don't know. Have you, I mean, it's such a good question, right? Because certainly the last thing I want to present is that you need to suffer. Yeah, yeah, And I think, you know, I, I don't think we need to suffer to change and evolve and grow. There is a depth that comes out of pain that you can't fake, yeah, right? right? Like right. there is a there is a depth, there is a level of compassion that I feel based on the pain that I've felt in my life. And I don't know if that would be there. I meet a lot of people that haven't been through through as tragic experiences. Yeah. And there's a depth issue, I think. <laughs> I don't <Yeah>. know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I don't. And, and I want to say, like, there there is something to just having life experiences that that show you your limitations, that yeah. humble you, yeah. right? Yeah. But I certainly don't want to present this idea that you need to, that that you need to suffer to grow or to change or to have the life that you dream of. But I do, I believe that we are all living many different lives. Like I believe in reincarnation, I guess you would say. So I do look at people and think, you know, if they don't, if their suffering isn't here in this lifetime, (laughs) (laughs) they're in another, you know, or it's coming in another. And my friend Eva, my friend Eva, she's a writer. She wrote the book, How to Be Loved, Eva Hegberg. She, she always says, life is going to get you. No one gets out alive. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Don't worry, life is coming for you. And I think, I think it's true. It's like, we, we all have pain and some of us grow from it. And the truth is some of us don't. So you are a health coach specializing in Lyme disease. You also are a trauma-informed life coach. You also coach other coaches on how to level, to improve their businesses. And you also host the Healing Out Loud podcast. I love the name, Healing Out Loud. That's beautifully created, inspired. I love that, Jackie. There's something else I wanted to talk to you about. We're almost at the end. I have so many topics here. You sent to me, oh, I found this on your website. The three most important qualities needed to heal from any illnesses, from anything. So you mentioned self-advocacy, radical self-care and community. So talk to me about these three components of healing. Yeah. And I mean, this is just what I found in my journey was that these were these were the most important things for me. So self-advocacy really is about self-advocacy is knowing yourself, knowing what you need and knowing how to get what you need. Mm, My experience with medical American healthcare in particular was that I really needed to 
know myself, know what I needed and know how to get what I needed because doctors weren't going to treat me the way I wanted to be treated. I wanted to be treating like treated, like saving my life was the most important thing on the planet. And nobody is going to feel that way as much as I feel that way. So I had to learn to really listen to myself and go get it, whatever it was. Mm. And that's true in all areas of life. Um, or in many, and then radical self-care is really about having your own back above anyone else's, right? So that can be inner child work. For me, radical self-care was all about reparenting. I did so much reparenting, right? Taking care of myself as though I was a small being that I was taking care of. Um, And I'll leave that there. And then community is really getting help, right? Getting support from people who understand what you've been through that can be empathetic and compassionate, people that can make you soup, people that can, um, you know, have fun with you, but really having a, a, a big enough community to to feel su- supported. We are not, we are meant to be in community and in connection as human beings. And it, it, it can be deeply healing. It seems like it starts with self-love. That's the foundation for me has been. Yeah, I would say. Right, self-acceptance. <laughs> yeah, that's Well, a big it's really one. hard. It's really hard to do anything without that, right? Because what inspires us to, to take care of other people? Love. And if we can't feel that for ourselves, it's really hard to go advocate. It's really hard to build community, right? We we do those things out of a fierce loving because they're not easy. We're almost at the end. Before I ask you my final questions, I would love for you to talk to me for a moment about relationships. How did you navigate that realm? I love this topic. And if you are a person who is dealing with illness and you're in a relationship and you're like, how do I do this? Please, um, please reach out. Um, I one of the biggest things I can say, because we don't have much time. So I'll just say a couple of pointers is cast a wide net. Do not rely on your significant other Mm. to help you in all ways mm. as a sick person. So it's like, get peop- other people to come to doctor's appointments with you, get other people to bring you food, create a meal train, um, you know, get emotional support from other people. It mm. cannot all lay on one person. I also have a podcast with me and my now husband talking about how we navigated this time together. Yeah. I think it's called In Sickness and Health and Health, How to Thrive Romantically. The other pointer I want to say is really getting down. There's this um, Dr. David Snarch. He, he wrote a book called Passionate Marriage, and he talks about how the most important thing to a long-term relationship, to the health of a long-term relationship, is the ability to self-regulate, which is essentially the ability to self-soothe. So there, there needs to be an anchoring into how to soothe yourself and how to self-regulate in order to show up for a relationship anytime, but especially with illness. Those are my two big suggestions. It makes so much sense. So coming from that place of self-reliance and then helping other people to help you, not putting everything in one person, because that sounds like a lot of pressure. Yeah, anyone 
would right. react in a not so nice way if we right. yeah, demand everything from one person, it wouldn't work. Thank you so much, Jackie. You're very generous, very wise in the sense of letting life flow through you, being open to life and spiritual. I don't even know what to say. I love your presence. I love your work. I love the way you write and the way you express yourself. It's truly beautiful. Mm. As are you, as are you. Your whole energy is just divine. Before we end the conversation, I have, I think I'll ask you two questions. But before that, would you like to add anything? Um, no, no, I think, well, one thing, just that, um, you know, if you need support, reach out and I will see how I can best support you for you know, for free, I will send you anything I can to support you and uh, know that, know that you are deeply loved. And that's, that's all I want to add. That's a beautiful reminder. Yeah. For all of us, an important message. And if we can remember that, I just remember (laughs) recently I was going through something, a tough time moment. And I remember like, what can I remember right now that will help me? And that was it. You loved, unconditionally loved. Right. Actually, I want to say one more thing, which is just that, you know, this is some of what Valeria had read about from my posts and all. I want to say that these are all on good days. I have days where I don't practice my spiritual things and where I feel like shit and I, sorry, or I feel like um, bad or I don't I don't feel like I love myself or I'm lacking self-compassion or I just want to say that I have my own beasts, I guess, to play. And, and it's not, this is, this is me on a good day. Mm, <laughs> That's yeah. all. I love that too. As a side note, it's not about perfection or yeah, trying to look as if we are perfect. Right. Right. Because that's not real. Although we are both, right, Jack? Perfect and imperfect at the same time. Right. (laughs) Which is fun. (laughs) So my ending questions are, if you knew you would die soon, meaning losing, leaving the body, would you make any change or do anything in a different way? I used to live in Maui, Hawaii, and I think if I knew I was going to die soon, I would probably up with my husband and go live there for three months and then go be with my family in New York for three months. You know, I, I'd, 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 choose, I'd spend time in both places before, yeah. before I died. Yeah. Family and then paradise on earth. Yeah, that's what yeah. it comes to me when you say Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And the last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? <laughs> three things about life I know for sure um, is that uh, it's messy. It's beautiful if you choose to see the beauty. And it is temporary. Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> Very much. Three big yes. Yeah, temporary it is. Before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your work, products, services, and future projects? Jackie. Thank you for asking. Um, My website is JackieShea.com, J-A-C-K-I-E-S-H-E-A.com. And that has everything you should need. My Instagram handle is at Shea, S-H-E-A, Jackie. So just the reverse. Um, but I am not an influencer, so you will find some 
gems on there, but not daily ones. Mm -hmm. And that's good. That's it. Thank you so much again for your presence and for sharing this profound wisdom that we all need to be reminded of. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor to talk to you. You're amazing to speak to. Thank you, Jackie. We'll talk soon. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Jackie Shea and her work, please visit JackieShea.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.